it's an odd place to be right now for the Pirates. I think if you would have asked any Pirates fan at the beginning of 2023, you know, if the Pirates win 76 games, do you consider that progress? They'd say, absolutely. That sounds great. They locked up Brian Reynolds, locked up Key Brian Hayes. They've got some nice building blocks for the future. And I've been on this beat for a few years, man, and I'm not sure if I've seen more negativity or frustration out of the fan base that than it's really? been since the season ended. If you had the chance to have a beer with your favorite baseball player, what would you talk about? Would you ask the same tired questions like every reporter after the game? How did you feel? What was going through your mind? Yada, yada, yada. Probably not. It's time you hear the stories that these players have never told. This is the Setup Man Podcast, where we have conversations that every fan wants to hear and the stories that every player and coach deserve to share. Let's get started. Hey, Setup Nation, another episode of Rumor Has It. We're checking in with all 30 MLB teams, and we're checking in with their beat reporters. Today is the Pittsburgh Pirates with Jason Mackey. He's a beat reporter for the Pirates with the Post-Gazette, and he's also the host of the Pitching In podcast. Make sure to check that out uh, on really any platform, uh, YouTube or the podcast platform. It's a great podcast to go check out. Jason, thanks so much for jumping on, man. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, you got it, man. Uh, so, you know, Pirates finished uh, with a modest 76 and 86 record. I think exceeded a lot of expectations this last uh, season, you know, got off to an amazing start. It actually looked like they were going to be a contender for a while, but um, I think a lot of us probably saw the writing on the wall that that wasn't really sustainable. Uh, ended up being fourth place finish. They haven't made the playoffs since 2015. Um, where do you see this team? What direction are they going in this offseason, especially giving the pitching pitching situation, right? Uh, Jose Oviedo just underwent Tommy John surgery. Mitch Keller is really all you've got right now that's solidified in that rotation. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, Johan Oviedo really, he, he became an important arm for them. Um, they finished the season amazingly with two starting pitchers and they sort of cobbled together the rest of it. And, you know, then you have Oviedo go down and it's Mitch Keller and a whole bunch of question marks. And it, it's an odd place to be right now for the Pirates. I think if you would have asked any Pirates fan at the beginning of 2023, you know, if the Pirates win 76 games, do you consider that progress? They'd say, absolutely. That sounds great. You know, coming off two 100 loss seasons, uh, the 2020 season at a 100 loss pace. And I, I do believe they made progress. They played their best ball after having transferred things over to younger guys who are going to be with the organization. They, they locked up Brian Reynolds, locked up key Brian Hayes. They've got some nice building blocks for the future. And I've been on this beat for a few years, man, and I'm not sure if I've seen more negativity or frustration out of the fan base that than it's really? been since the season ended. It doesn't feel that way. That's interesting because, you know, you guys have one of the most promising farm systems in baseball. I would think there would be a lot of optimism. Where do you think that frustration is coming from? There's a little bit of a lag. Um, there's a little bit of a lag on the pitching side, meaning – you know, there's some good arms in the farm system, but they're not immediately ready to contribute. Um, okay. They even have some good arms like JT Brubaker and Mike Burroughs were two guys that were expected to contribute to the 2023 club and wound up having Tommy John. And then you put Oviedo in that group. Their next wave, a lot of people are excited for Paul Skeens and understandably so. They've got some arms below him, Jared Jones, Anthony Salamedo, Bubba Chandler, some highly rated prospects. And that's great. They're just not major league ready yet. So I think that's where it stems from. And they're basically looking at the front office saying like, 
look, we've got a deficiency at first base. We've got a deficiency in our starting rotation. We want you to do something about it. Yeah. And meanwhile, the Pirates are, you know, very much heads in the sand. Like, we're going to do this internally. We're going to grow these guys. We're going to figure it out. Like, I don't, you know, it's the Pirates, right? Like, we've come to expect it. Sadly, they're not going to spend a lot of money. And I think that's just sort of where fans are wanting to see wins and the Pirates are trying to figure out options a different way. You know, this is a deeper question and goes beyond just this offseason. But you look at a team like the Milwaukee Brewers, also a small market team, just like the Pirates. Now you're starting to see the Reds really looking competitive, also considered kind of a smaller market team. Uh, are Do you think that maybe has something to do with the, yes. the fans' frustration? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. 100%. Uh, they're getting passed by, by teams, yeah. you know, and they're trying to preach patience and all this stuff. And like, I understand some of what they're saying and where they were at, you know, a lot needed to happen and they did a lot. I just don't know if the fruits of their labor are as close as they should be or fans want them to be. And you look at Arizona, you look at Texas. I, mean, I would argue that Texas probably spent its way out of there, but yeah. like Arizona drafted and developed really, really well and went from a hundred losses to the world series. And, and the pot, what, what are the pirates doing? Right. They're, like they're at 76 wins and saying, oh, we've made progress, but like still trying to preach patience. You can't. You need to win. They need to win in 2024. I think fans are out of patience. I think one thing working against them is they waited entirely too long to change regimes in the first place. The old one was stale. They were doing a bunch of stuff wrong. And so they're already dealing with this ticked off fan base that is looking for results. And frankly, they're not wrong. And, and yeah, just to, to build on the other point quickly, but I mean, they're looking at teams in the division, do different things. You know, the Cardinals adding three starting pitchers this offseason via free agency. You know, the Cubs have rebuilt faster than they have and are more competitive. The same thing with the Brewers and the Rats. Like, it's it's absolutely frustrating for fans to see that stuff. Let's go back to the starting pitching. The million-dollar question is, when are we going to see Paul Skeens come up this year? How is it May, June? When do you see that being the reality? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I see June. Um, I would say more May. To me, the question they need to be asking right now is why not now? What you know, I, I can't come up with a good you're you're saying he's gonna lose a year of contractual control, which if they could otherwise patch that hole, I'm fine with it. But right now they can't. Right now they have one starting pitcher. So, you know, my understanding of their like best laid plans would be to preserve the year of contractual control, meaning, you know, he comes up what in early May, something like that, like maybe get him. A couple starts at Altoona, get that gate, move him to Indianapolis, get a couple starts there, get that gate, and then bring him up. And I mean, if he pitches the way he's capable, I think you're going to have an awful tough time keeping him in the minor leagues. Because frankly, what I saw out of him, he's not going to be there for long. He doesn't deserve to be there for long. So if he stays healthy and, and picks up his end of the slack, I don't understand why you don't consider having him up here opening day. I really don't like he might if you talk about quality free agent pitchers that the Pirates can add and let's pretend Paul Skeens is a free agent. He might be better than anybody. They're going to actually pay money to sign. It's just they've already paid him. They already have him in the organization. So I, I don't understand what the deficiency they have, why you're not asking that question at this point. A lot of excitement around him, uh, but there's also a lot of internal or do we go external kind of questions with the Pirates right now? So let's just start internally. You have put a few numbers out there about the options for starting pitching and how it all kind of blends together to basically be about a five ERA pitching staff, which is not going to be competitive. So when you do look at who is an option internally right now, besides Mitch Keller, besides Paul Skeens, 
for those other maybe one, two, three available spots. Who do you see being realistically in the rotation on opening day? Internally? This is not going to excite people. Um, and I'm assuming you're asking, you know, you're asking internally only. So I'm not going to talk about yeah. free agency and trade and that sort of thing. But I mean, they have three big ones that they need to figure out. Quinn Priester, Rowanzi Contreras, and Luis Ortiz. And they all experienced various issues this past season. Um, big drops in velocity for all of them. The Pirates are very high on biomechanics and body movement and that sort of thing. And they did not feel that the three of them were moving correctly, um, both to be sustainable and to get everything out of their arms. Maybe we can disagree in, in the process there, but I mean, that's that's what they were going about trying to fix. Rowanzi Contreras just cratered. I mean, he was in the World Baseball Classic and looking excellent for the Dominican Republic, and he pitched like junk for the Pirates after mm -hmm. a, a somewhat promising start. Um, looked wrapped around the axle, velocity dipped, fastball was highly hittable. They need to figure out what they have with him. Um, Luis Ortiz had flashes um, when he was throwing strikes and his body was moving consistently. He did okay. They had him introduce a sinker, um, didn't quite master it, but when he had it, um, he was quality. Um, Quinn Priester was not good early on. They sent him down to work on some stuff. His velocity was dangerously low, like 91, 92. A lot of people mm -hmm. thought around here he might be injured. He came back, found some of that velocity, um, and started to put it all together. I think Quinn Priester might be, he might be on a better path. He's a first round pick, has plenty of pedigree there. Um, but I mean, those are the three, Kyle, that like if the Pirates are going to put together a rotation, they have to get. I mean, at least one, that's bare minimum, but I prefer two. I think probably three out of three solving them is, is a lot to ask, but they need something out of that group. Now let's talk about externally. Um, I don't see them going after an ace. Correct me if I'm wrong, but no. <laughs> it feels like Alex Wood, maybe Shamanaya, you know, a few of those kind of names. The Cardinals and the Tigers kind of have taken uh, already those steps with those mid-level starting pitchers and kind of set the market at right around looks like 10 to 12 million. Do you see them putting in eight, 10, 12 million to maybe some of those names or who are guys that you're looking at? Yeah. I mean, I could still see eight to 10 million, something like that. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to sign Otani sadly. <laughs> right. Um, no, I've, I've made that joke, but I, you know, Mania makes sense for them. Jack Flaherty makes sense for them. Um, I mean, what the pirates can offer, and we've seen this the past couple of years with, Rich Hill to a degree, but before that, Tyler Anderson and Jose Quintana, they can offer opportunity. Guys that are looking for regular starts, um, guys that are looking to get their career back on track, the Pirates can help them. They've had a lot of luck with left-handed pitchers, which makes me think a little bit about Manaya. Um, but Flaherty is somebody who would definitely benefit from a rotation spot. I could see that. Um, Frankie Montas is, is somebody that you know has shown flashes of things, just needs more opportunity. Luis Severino probably in the same boat. Um, you know, I thought Kyle Gibson might make sense, not necessarily Kenta Maeda, uh, Lance Lynn. No, um, I forget the third one, the Cardinals signed in the recent run of signings there, but, uh, um, Sonny Gray, Sonny Gray. Thank you. Yeah. That wasn't happening for the pirates. Um, but I mean, you can offer opportunity. Yes. I think they can pour eight, 10, 12, I hope, um, million into they'll probably do one guy like that. I can't see them doing multiple. I think that would be the best case scenario is if they get one guy in that range, preferably for a multi-year deal. And that's something the fan base has been clamoring for. And then if you want to take on a project or two, absolutely. I think, you know, to their credit, they've they've helped those guys get better. They really have Vince Velasquez 
is another one that has come in here and has looked markedly better um, than he did previously. So, but there needs to be, you know, via trade, via free agency, I would sure hope some activity this offseason. You've mentioned trade a few times. Have you heard any whispers about who would be on the trading block to be shipped out for the tie for the pirates? Um, anyone that is either being whispered about, or maybe even some untouchables that you just know those, those guys are not going to be traded. Uh, I mean, will untouchables. I would, you know, O'Neill Cruz isn't going anywhere. Brian Reynolds isn't going anywhere. Key Brian Hayes isn't going anywhere. Um, you know, I saw Joe Sheehan said something about like he would trade Mitch Keller and David Bednar in his news letter recently like i don't i don't think they're going that route i've never gotten that indication i think it's entirely likely that they extend keller frankly bednar and his local ties it's, it doesn't make sense to me um i hesitate on putting trade candidates out there without knowing for sure like they've dangled this guy in a trade talk because that could jam up the player um but as far as guys looking you know me externally a reporter covering this team guys that might make sense where you're trying to clear a position log jam or something like that. You've got prospects, pedigree. I don't see what they're doing at second base. They've got guys, Nick Gonzalez, Leover, Piguero, G1 Bay. And you've also got Tamar Johnson coming down the pike who's one of their best prospects. First round pick two years ago. Um, I mean, he's probably the future at that position. So, I mean, if you're going to trade from a position of strength, that might be one. Um, outfield, I, I would not like trading Jack Sawinski one bit. But, I mean, if you're going to give to get, that's that's somebody you could give to get. I other outfielders who might feel superfluous on this roster, like Kanan Smith and Jigba, Connor Joe. I mean, yeah, you can send them out, but I I don't I don't I don't see you sending those guys out and bringing back a premium pitcher. So, you know, Sawinski is a young power hitter that needs solved a little bit with some swing and miss and and you know getting on base. Well, he gets on base, but you know a little bit more consistency in his approach. In any case, man, I just. I frankly question how many prospects the situation they have to really bundle those things and come back with any, with anything meaningful. Let's transition over to the offense. You did mention O'Neill Cruz. He's coming back. That should be a nice jolt back to the offense, but this really hasn't been a good offensive team since about 2015, 2016. Um, I know that fans loved having Andrew McCutcheon back. I know he was productive for a little bit. I know there's still talk about him coming back, but that doesn't really seem to me like it fixes anything offensively. It just kind of fills a, uh, an emotional excitement for him and for the fans, maybe uh, if this ends up being his last year. So are there any things out there that seem like a good offensive fit for this team to help give it a little bit of a boost? Yeah. I mean, first base is the position that, you know, has sort of been targeted by fans and the team that they'd like to add some offense there. And, and they certainly have the room to do it. Now, I question whether that's the best use of resources. If we operate under the assumption that the Pirates aren't going to spend a ton of money, which is probably a safe assumption, what they are going to spend to me is better allocated toward pitching. Um, are there solutions at first base? Sure. Sure. There are guys they can take flyers on if they want to go give Trey Mancini an opportunity or Mike Moustakas or um, trying to think of any of the other Cole Calhoun or you know, th these guys that can come in for not a lot of money and you're going to give them opportunity to sort of prove themselves. Mm -hmm. um, do I think they're going to end up with Reese Hoskins? No. Do I think they could, you know, get in a discussion where Carlos Santana might make sense? Yes. Uh, Santana loved it here. They loved him. I think for the right price, the Pirates would be interested. But 
again, operating under the assumption that money could be tight because it usually always is. I don't know if Santana is going to fit. You know, I've seen him comped at like seven and a half million. I don't think the Pirates would go there for that. Um, they also want to be cognizant of playing time at first base given to younger guys. And whether we agree or disagree, they've got a kid, Jared Triolo, who was playing. He's a gold glove caliber third baseman blocked by Key Brian Hayes. He's also about six foot three. He's athletic and profiles perfectly at first base. They might want to give him more opportunity there. They have two catchers that were their premium prospects, Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis. They might want to bump Andy out the first base to keep his bat in the lineup while they catch Henry. So, I mean, it might not make sense to go spend a lot of money at first base. And, you know, frankly, I don't I don't see them allocating a bunch of their resources over there at this point. I'm leaving one of the controversial questions for the end here. Uh, Trevor Bauer, you mentioned him in one of yeah. your articles. You did say I'm not endorsing this. However, you know, I've I've kind of had a few conversations with people in the baseball world, and it feels like Trevor Bauer would make a reappearance in a smaller market team that maybe has not been winning for the last few years. And the Pirates keep on coming up. It makes a lot of sense. What do you think the reception would be? Let's just play completely, you know, uh, imaginary here. Let's just say that the Pirates do sign Trevor Bauer. How do you think that gets received by the fans? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think received by the fans, it's actually received pretty well. Hmm. I don't think Pirates fans would be all that agitated. I think there was a point in time where they might not have wanted it. I think right now Pirates fans probably look at the starting rotation. You look at the context surrounding Bauer. You look at the settlement. I'm not making any judgment whatsoever on what happened. That's not my job. But as far as the fan base would be okay with it, I do think they would. I, th I think it looks different than it once did, maybe because out of necessity. I don't know. Um, it would be an interesting push and pull, though. And this is why I don't think Bauer would necessarily be a great fit. Everything I've understood about Trevor Bauer, how he handles himself, like he very much wants to be his own animal. Um, everything I've seen about the Pirates, they want to very much um, sort of dictate how things go with pitchers, mm -hmm. right, wrong, or indifferent. And I don't see that as a great marriage. In the middle of it, you're stepping out on a limb for something that may go sour, you're spending money for something that's not necessarily a short thing. I'd like to think that he pitches well and, you know, everything is sunshine and roses and, and he's learned and everybody's better for it. We all know that's not a guarantee. Is he healthy? Is he productive? I don't know. Does he like it here? Do, do they like him? Um, what if this goes south? Then you get the the whole, you spent all of your money on this guy. What are you doing? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just taking it down a negative road and I shouldn't. Um, but I just, I, I question whether that's the right thing. I, I know once upon a time, I mean, obviously because they didn't make a move, they weren't terribly interested. I think they were probably in the same boat with a lot of other clubs with that. Um, so I just, I, I, I don't know if I see that landing. I know people have wanted it. I know it's out there. Um, but I, I have not had any indication that the pirates desires for Bauer have changed. I, I think it's about the same. Lots of question marks surrounding the Pirates right now. And one final question mark. You guys have a new TV deal that is still on the table. Um, how does that impact the 2024 season and especially uh, just how the fans are going to enjoy the Pirates coming up in the next season? Yeah, it's a pretty big decision for them. Um, we've written about it here. I don't know if that's, you know, it's not going to get talked about nationally or anything like that. I wouldn't imagine. But, 
you know, they were under the AT&T Sportsnet umbrella. Um, I think that's a diamond sports. I can't, I can't keep all this stuff straight, but you know, they were one of like the smaller conglomerates of RSNs that disappeared. And um, so they're basically figuring out what to do with their TV rights. There's been a network created, basically the Pittsburgh version of Nesson. I think everybody knows Fenway sports group. They also own the penguins. And so they started Sportsnet Pittsburgh. The penguins have been over there more of a traditional RSN model. The pirates have talked to them about, do they join up with the penguins and FSN and the, the, you know, basically our equivalent of Nesson here, um, or do they go the MLB route and mimic more of what the Padres and the Diamondbacks are doing? Um, those discussions have been all over the place. There have been times where I, I got indications that like the MLB routes, how they're going to go, that makes much more sense. Now it's, you know, we're going to go the, uh, and this is me characterizing what I hear, but, you know, we're going to go the, the RSN route with Sportsnet Pittsburgh and maintain consistency and whatever. So, as far as money the Pirates are going to make, I don't think this is going to change a ton. Like it's still going to land probably in like the 80 to 85% of their previous TV deal, which okay. it knocked down some revenue. They're also doing some building and stuff around the ballpark. I mean, they're they're looking for different sources of revenue. If that's going to really impact their spending for next year, I mean, give me a break. Attendance was also up in a big way at PNC Park this summer because of Kutch, because of more – um, competitive baseball. So I, I don't see it impacting the bottom line a ton, but it's obviously a big decision where they go, what Pirates fans are going to do. Is it on a traditional cable bundle? Um, you know, do they go the MLB route or they one of those sort of guinea pig teams? I don't know. I do expect in the coming weeks it'll be figured out. It's something that's very actively being discussed um, and, and maybe long-term will matter more. Okay. Jason Mackey, thank you so much for joining us here on Rumor Has It, brought to you by The Setup Man. And guys, go check out Jason on Twitter and also make sure to subscribe to his uh, podcast, Pitching In. Speaking of subscribing, make sure you've subscribed to this one as well if you haven't already. Jason, thanks so much for jumping on here, man. I appreciate your time. Of course. Thanks for having me.